welcome to Unwritten Imaginings, where lazy authors talk about story ideas that they'll never get around to writing. New episodes every Sunday. Let us know if you use one of our ideas and we'll give your story a shout out in a subsequent episode. Sign up for an ad-free experience with Unlimited Imaginings. That sounds like the worst possible thing that we could have named it. And you know what? Ad-free. I think we've been ad-free this entire time. Well, I unless... There's somebody for, who, for some reason, finds our podcast, like, really nice, except for the unbearable sales puns at the beginning. <laughs> yeah, you know, I, I'm not even sure that that's an ad, like, because, you know, podcasts do do ad reads occasionally when they can get people yeah. to pay them. Yeah, it's like an ad, except we don't make any money. Even better, <laughs> even better. <laughs> um, so, hi, my name's Eunice. Uh, I'm the author of Fantasia and Eternus Source, and do I have any fun facts right now? Um, no. I'm, I'm fun fact free today. Oh, okay. Hi, I'm Atheo, author of Rune and Metagame, and that side story that I'm, that I was planning to call something else, but is now just part of Rune. Guess we're just writing an entire side story in a different perspective, you know, full-on third-person limited to uh, first-person. It's fine. Don't worry about it. It's just interlude chapters. It's an entire book length. It's a minor novella that's just thrown in the middle of a different arc. <laughs> Great pacing. It is good pacing <laughs> if you treat them as two separate things that are going on at the same time. Okay. Sure. Look, the readers are the ones. I, I put it up to a poll, you know, and, and people were just like, yeah, put it in the middle. And I'm like, sure, whatever. Uh, I don't I don't think you should let the readers decide. They don't know what they want. <laughs> I mean, you're not wrong, but I don't actually care that much about it. <laughs> okay. Well, today is uh, my turn to bring an idea. And... I've been digging around in the depths of my subconscious, <laughs> and I remembered this one. For some people, that's a dark place. For you, it's got the same uniform lighting as everywhere else. Yeah, it's not It's not a dark corner of my mind. It's just an unused corner of my mind. Um, <laughs> do I have dark corners? I don't know. Uh, we can talk about that later. Uh, but basically, I think I forgot this idea because I could never figure out, like, a plot to go with it, which I guess makes it great for this, this show. I mean, that's, that's um, sort of what this show is. <laughs> well, before I was giving away, like, fully formed ideas that I was just like, oh, I was literally never gonna have the time to write this. But uh, now we're, we're getting fragments. Um, but basically, it's uh, based on... I can't even remember which series I've read, but, you know, like, the general urban fantasy with vampires in it where like faith has power against vampires it's not like the actual like cross or whatever religious symbol it's like the the faith that's behind it um but like i wanted to do a vampire hunter in this setting who was like an atheist and then people are like how do you repel the vampires like what do you believe in and they're just like, you know, myself, goodness, <laughs> you know, things. And then it, it's like just an interesting take on... 
It's like, I'm sorry, you thought that faith needed to be for a higher power? Fuck you. No, no. <laughs> it's like, no, 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 I just believe in myself. But, like, not in, like, an, uh, an arrogant way. Just like, you know, goodness will prevail. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I'm entertained by the idea, at least. Uh, but it's sort of a... It's sort of a setup for a joke more than a setup for a story. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I couldn't really figure out how to make a, a, a plot um, out of it. I mean, you know, you could just have a vampire hunter hunting vampires and on the side, everyone being very confused <laughs> about this vampire hunter. Now, I do see a way that I, that I would take this, right? Um, but it gets a little bit difficult in the simple fact. I say simple, it's not all that simple. Essentially, I, I do see a way that you could take this, where you simply uh, call... Again, it's not simple. I don't know why I'm calling it simple. It's because I'm extremely tired, that's why. Um, I, I see the way that you could take this, where you essentially make faith as an institution sort of what you're commenting on. Um, so the church is well known for its ability to protect people from vampires in this setting. Although it, that wouldn't be quite the urban fantasy that you're like used to, I guess, where it's like the masquerade. But if you just toss away the masquerade a little bit and go uh, the institutions of faith, like the, the churches, the collections, the preachers, have a sort of uh, protective power that people are extremely used to. Essentially that they've been putting their their not trust in, but, like, energy towards because they need to, is I suppose the best way to put it. And then our special vampire hunter comes along, and they've been taught, essentially, to have faith in the inherent goodness of humanity, or themselves, or their friends, or whatever you want to lean into. And that mm. is sort of as effective, and you could talk about the... You could use it to sort of comment on the uh, inherent cooperativeness of power. Yeah. So, like, I guess in this world, because of the fact that, like, faith does have this power to, like, repel vampires, it's very rare to, for there to be any atheists. So I guess, you know, I, I tried to figure out a backstory for why this, this vampire hunter is an atheist in the first place. I figure, like... There was, during some time between, like, preteen and early teen years, they accidentally repelled a vampire in defense of a friend or something, and then just realized, oh, like, I don't need to pray to anyone. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that's really how I how I play it, is essentially they, they work out on their own somehow uh, that their, that the actual literal prayer is not what's important here. And they're like, well, I'm pretty good at this. I guess I'll become a vampire hunter. <laughs> yeah. Which, I mean, is fine on its own until you start running up into institutional power. Although, I'm not sure... Um, <laughs> I'm not sure how comfortable you are in the sort of space that this plot would be playing in, in the commentary on institutional power thing. Eh, whatever. <laughs> eh, whatever? Okay. Yeah, I'm pretty whatever about it. <laughs> So, is this like, I don't know, does does the character have to constantly, you know, deal with churches trying to discredit them? As a Not hope? just discredit. 
like, because discrediting is one thing, but, like, frankly, if they're dead and gone, it doesn't matter. And this person is a fundamental threat to their power just by existing, so... Well, discrediting didn't didn't work because they have the... They, they, they can't really kill vampires. Uh, yeah, they can, like... You know, you know. This is the 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 portrayal of vampires where they're kind of just like mindless blood suckers that react to the scent of living humans. And I don't know and, if I'd go totally mindless, but like close. And then yeah, and then if you if you have some kind of general faith power, it like physically like they physically can't touch you, <laughs> which makes it a lot easier to get rid of them. <laughs> I have seen a portrayal of vampires that would sort of fit here where instead of um, either being mindless or being, you know, not totally evil, you do a middle ground where, like, the people who become vampires, like, chose to be vampires for immortality or superpowers or whatever the fuck, Um, but some part of the process just, like, removes their ability to feel empathy. So they, you know, some of them stay under the radar by uh, mentally emulating empathy without feeling it. But, you know, there's a bunch of them who are just like, ah, well, I have superpowers, and uh, frankly, I traded them, and I got uh, blood-sucking powers from... Not blood-sucking powers, but, like, uh, an urge to suck the blood of people from it. So, frankly, we're just going to do that, and nobody can stop me. Yeah, I mean, you know, doesn't seem very smart in a world where there's professional vampire hunters, but... It doesn't, but, you know, people think that they're smarter than everybody else. Everyone thinks they're going to be the one to get away with it, I guess. Everybody thinks that they're a, you know, top 30% driver. (laughs) I don't. For the record, I'm below 50th percentile for sure. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, I mean, I'm upper half but like that's about all I'm, I'm willing to like put a number on you know <laughs> you know the thing the thing I rank myself above average is accurately ranking myself on <laughs> there we go love it I, I don't think I would rank myself above average and accurately ranking myself on things <laughs> oh. I, I think I would be in fact below average on that uh oh well, that's not good. You should have more self-awareness. No, it's not the um, self-awareness that's the problem. It's the awareness of other people. <laughs> oh, yeah. that That's true. I know exactly how good I am. I just don't know in relative to other people. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Either one can mess up your ability to place yourself within a percentile. <laughs> Classic. Okay. Okay, okay. So back, back to our vampire hunter. Uh, who's now trying getting, you know, the di- discreditation didn't work. Now getting the uh, frequent accidents. Accidents, big air quotes. And uh, it's really interfering with, you know, the profitability of vampire hunting. <laughs> I'm not sure that they'd be concerned about the profitability unless... <laughs> I think it would be funny and, like, it would work for some people if, like, their belief was in the power of money. Uh, but that's not a story that I would want to write. <laughs> No, it's more, yeah, just, uh, like, they're not in it for, you know, being rich, but, like, they, they need their job to They do need the money to, like, get places. Yeah, like, you know, just to have a, a place to live and food to eat. Like, not, not, like, tons of money. Yeah, I mean, 
Yeah, that's fair enough. Um, what do we want our sort of... I think this, this is one where we want to aim for a specific endgame and then, like, work, like, the middle from there, right? So, yeah. how would we want to aim for our endgame? Do we want to go full young adult and they bring the whole system into a into a new age, or do we want to, or do we want to go full dystopian, or do we want to end up somewhere in the middle? I think I think I'm gonna end up somewhere in the middle. Yeah, like I I generally don't write classic YA plots because you know I outgrew them when I was like twelve. <laughs> I mean, there are some good YA plots, but they're not like usually the classic ones. <laughs> They're just a little bit simplistic in their take on life. And I say that as, like, the most simplistic person I know. <laughs> I see, I see. Am I simplistic? I, I guess I'm reductionist. Reductionist, yes. Yeah. Simplistic, no. <laughs> okay. It's like, I can understand You're... all of the subtleties of a situation and then purposely ignore yeah. them. <laughs> I understand that there's a lot of subtleties in gray area. And the fact of the matter is, I don't give a shit. <laughs> And I draw the line here, in the middle of the gray, right there. That's right, and I call that white, and I call that black. <laughs> That's kind of me. Um, <laughs> and the line is right here. Don't ask me any rhetorical questions about where we draw the line. It's right here. <laughs> okay, tangent over. <laughs> And then you draw two smaller lines uh, on either side where, where you're willing to call it gray if somebody really forces the issue. Okay. But this is white gray and this is black gray. Yeah. <laughs> okay. You know, I figure some something gets overthrown, but not, like, to the extent that the world order is overturned. Yeah. You know, maybe just, like, the most... Um, you know, I figure the church is uh, probably half full of people who faithfully believe and half power-hungry, you know, people who believe for the sake of power or who believe in power. <laughs> I guess that would repel vampires, too. That really <laughs> would, which is disturbing in a lot of levels. Yeah. Um, so, you know, maybe they they just... Uh, un unmask the corrupt part of whoever's trying to kill them and then deal with that well i would the way that i would play that is that like that like doesn't really work and a lot of people just stick with it anyway but then you have like splits from the primary church which are like uh yeah but the the thing is we actually believe in these things yeah uh but you know there's probably some kind of like fake cleaning out of the corruption, you know, you can never really actually get rid of it. Exactly. It's a nominal, we kicked out the most corrupt and obvious people. Yeah, and then a couple scapegoats, you know, stuff like that. Uh, but, you know, it's more realistic to life than, oh, and they were a hero, everybody loved them, and then all the evil people were gotten rid of them, and, and, you know, stuff like that. Yeah. We kicked out a couple of scapegoats and two of the most obvious people, and you're gonna have to be okay with that. Uh, I would say I'm sorry, but I'm not. If we kicked everyone who was power hungry, that'd be, you know... If we kicked out everybody who was power hungry, we, we wouldn't have a, uh, we wouldn't have a central, uh, organization anymore, so... Well, we, we'd have three people left, let's just say. <laughs> 
That's not an organization. We, that's a setup for a. It's a it's a get together. Exactly. <laughs> uh, so we uh, we just got rid of the people who couldn't control their urges. You know, it's all uh, being power hungry in moderation is fine, right? <laughs> we got rid of the people who only voted when they were given bribes. And then, you know, I figure the main character ends up starting a school of atheist vampire hunters. <laughs> Where, you know, it's like, yeah, just believe in yourself. It'll work. You know, in people's first encounter with a vampire, it's really hard to just, okay, 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 I believe in myself. I believe in myself. <laughs> <laughs> well. And just see if it works. <laughs> I mean, the thing that I would do uh, as, as a teacher is like, believe in yourself and if you can't believe in yourself then believe in the person on either side of you yeah believe in the power of friendship exactly <laughs> look the power of friendship is a lot easier than self-confidence <laughs> okay okay so maybe some of them work in pairs end up working in pairs or bigger than pairs but yeah yeah but some of them just believe in themselves it depends on you know the type of person they I mean, the fact of the matter is that after they believed in the power of friendship for a while, they'd be like, oh, hey, this works, so now I can believe in myself. And you have proof for the matter, so it's very simple. Yeah. Or just believe in the the brotherhoodness. Yeah. You know, that... the Believe in us. <laughs> like, you know, like, your partner doesn't have to be with you. You just gotta believe in the us. <laughs> and they were like, oh, crap, did we just start another religion? Probably. <laughs> Probably, don't worry about it. Don't worry about it. <laughs> Classic. Whenever you you organize against religion, you start your own religion. You could make Pretty a religion classic. out of this. No, don't. No. Ugh, it's too late. <laughs> Regardless of whether you want to make a religion out of it, somebody will make a religion out of it. Absolutely. Whether or not you agree with that person, it's a different matter, but we don't... We don't talk about that. It's fine. Okay, okay. So, that's the end. Uh... What is our primary middle step? Uh, I think the big part is that somebody has to come out, like... Somebody from the from the uh, centralized religion has to essentially stake their reputation on this person's inability to actually, you know, keep people safe. Which is... I mean, it's sort of the big play, right? Is you go, this person absolutely cannot keep people safe, and I would try, I would stick my entire career on the matter, and like they don't actually plan to stick their entire career on the matter because if this if our uh, main character slash vampire hunter succeeds, like they just plan to have them killed and be like, see, they failed, and like you know, false flag it into a vampire attack. But so what? Some some kind of public challenge? Essentially, like, you're yeah. Not- you're not a real vampire hunter. If you were, you'd be able to go clear out that nest of 20 that's been plaguing our city for whatever. Exactly. And it's like, uh, what? You mean that nest of 20 that you haven't been able to clear out in seven years as an entire organization? <laughs> and you yeah, expect me to just solo one. this? And I mean, the answer but is also, yes. also, you know, our main character is a badass, so totally able definitely believes in themselves because <laughs> really like it's like regardless of how many there are if your faith is strong none of them can touch you you know what i mean 
It's like, it's just the fact that, like, they're scary looking and they probably have, like, minor hypnosis powers. So the more, more of them there are, the, the more they can, like, shake your faith and belief. I mean, I would give them the ability to not touch you directly, but to, like, set up traps and weapons and stuff. Okay, well, it depends on how smart they are. Like I said, I would make them smart, just, you know, utterly lacking in the ability to understand or care about other people. Well, then be easy. Well, does shooting someone count as directly touching them? I would say no. Well, then, you can't have vampire hunters going against guns with the power of faith. Like, that. Not 1v1, obviously. That's not... Well, then, then it's just a bunch of it's just a bunch of gun wielding people against a bunch of other gun wielding people. <laughs> well, maybe you make guns ineffective for some reason, right? Like maybe both vampirism and faith protects you, gives you like a, I don't know, a shield that works really well against bullets and arrows, but doesn't work really good against swords or whatever. <laughs> okay, well that makes no sense. But I know. Okay. I know well, it doesn't yeah. make sense. You you expect me to care? Like, every story since ever has done that because they cause swords are fucking cool, okay? Well, yeah, I know, but you can, like, you can say, oh, because magic, guns don't work on vampires. But explain to me why the guns don't work on the vampire hunters. <laughs> the faith? Yeah, sure. <laughs> but then if it's the faith, then that clearly means the faith has is is not just a vampire repelling power. It's, there's some kind of weird telekinesis going on. Yeah, exactly. And you don't ever explain it because it's a fucking it's a fucking YA magic story. We don't talk about it. <laughs> then that doesn't explain why why swords do work. You know. Yeah, uh, it's because they're bigger and they have more mass, so they can't uh, be touched by the immaterial as effectively. This is a, some bullshit. <laughs> Look, I'm giving Why you magic babble. <laughs> I am explicitly giving you magic babble. Come on. Oh, that's that's some nonsense that I. The smaller I, the I object, the easier like... it's touched by the immaterial, right? So, like a sword, you can't really touch that with the immaterial. Okay, let's just say you have to use enchanted swords. <laughs> to get through the force or something. Maybe you okay, can let's... enchant bullets, but you need to spend like, you know, 30 seconds to a minute like enchanting it like immediately before you fire it <laughs> and it wears off too quickly. But before we go on, let me just do this little aside on explaining silver does not work as a bullet. It does not expand and compress in the same way that lead does so it can't block up the barrel of a gun and generate enough pressure to explode out the barrel the same way lead does i mean it it can it's just a little bit more complicated you're more likely to cause jamming issues but like you can get it to fire it's yeah it's not pure silver really yeah actually they should shoot gold bullets gold bullets (laughs) yeah That'd be badass and expensive, and gold's really soft. (laughs) (laughs) It's also extremely heavy. Yeah, that's not- that's fine, right? (laughs) Lead's dense. Lead's dense, but not as dense as gold. What? Density of gold. Uh, 19.3 grams per centimeter cubed. Oh, oh. Wait, what's the... 
11.34. That's close. That's not close. 19 to 11? Like it's almost double. <laughs> but that's fine. I'm glad you had to look it up. <laughs> okay, well, excuse me for not knowing the material properties of gold and, and, and lead off the top I mean, of my head. I mean, you could have known the relative properties. I did. Why would I know the real? Why in what in in what other context have you been like? Oh my god! I want to like swap out my gold and my lead. So like, but I I don't I wasn't sure about the relative density. Alchemy, <laughs> obviously. Have you never alchemy? Bothered? That's not even real. Oh. Okay. Oh okay. If you're gonna go on something that's not even real, why are you even like looking up their material properties? <laughs> Hello. <laughs> hey, I mean, you realize that alchemists are the reason that we got chemistry, so... Yep, they did a ton of crap while trying to turn lead into gold and ended up making things like phosphorus and uh, I believe lead iodide looks a lot like gold, but it's it's just lead iodide. Ah, <laughs> uh, uh, yeah. I mean, that's... That's really the uh, the whole situation there, is that you just look up your historical facts and then density questions are, are also fun, because then you yeah. can do math on them. But I don't know why they were so obsessed with turning lead into gold, you know? There's tons of other things that they could have tried. <laughs> lead into gold is not as... Like, there are stupider things that you could have chosen. Like, it's like, yeah, we'll turn this, um, I don't know. Yeah, but, like, why not iron into gold? Cobalt into gold. Yeah, or tin into gold. Like, why lead specifically? It seems like a weird obsession. I think it was lead specifically because they have similar-ish material properties, so people were like, this is, like, a closer thing than iron. Because, like, iron is, like, hard, right? And it melts at a really high temperature, where lead is softer and it melts at the lower temperature. So it, ha- it shares more of the similarity with gold? I mean, you know, that's classic alchemy reasoning. <laughs> it's classic human reasoning. Oh yeah, they're, they're kind of uh, soft and heavy, you know. <laughs> I'm not saying that it was a smart idea, I'm just saying that I understand the, the impetus. I just figure, you know, throughout the ages, they would have just tried something else after so many failures. They've been like, you know what? Lead into gold doesn't seem like it works. Let's do another thing into gold. You know, they, they tried a lot of things. <laughs> Anyways, moving on from this massive tangent <laughs> about alchemy. Um, gold bullets. Why? Uh, let's just say gold bullets work. <laughs> yeah, what, what is it about gold that, that makes it effective? We'll just make gold the magical element rather than the classic silver. <laughs> Okay, so maybe gold holds the faith better than any other material. Um, or maybe it's just because people believe in it, because it's shiny. <laughs> oh, so now we're into using the whole collective subconscious belief of the human race thing. Yeah, because when you're going to invoke belief, let's, let's do it. The world is just a placebo effect, basically. <laughs> There we go. Uh, so, so gold works because you hit them with the concentrated power of the human. <laughs> They're like, this is really expensive, so it must work better than the cheap bullets. You know? 
Hey, that's how placebo pills work. If you charge them more for it, it works better. <laughs> I am aware of this. Um, you know, it works even better if, like, you poke them or inject them or do fake surgery. So maybe they have to, like, bleed a little bit on their bullets. <laughs> there we go. Or, I, although I don't think bleeding on it would work, given that we have vampires involved. Maybe they have to dip it in water. And it doesn't really need to be holy water, but, like, they, they usually choose holy water. Yeah. You know, and holy water is just water that's been strengthened by belief. <laughs> I mean, that's fundamentally what we're doing here, and, you know? And then, and then, you know, there's a lot of, like, trappings of the faith, and then the vampire hunter just, like, systemically goes around proving, like, I can make holy water, too. And then, like, whereas the, the traditional way is, like, this, like, two-hour ritual with, like, fasting and prayer and weird stuff. They do some sort of really silly dance around it. And, like, the dance isn't necessary, but, like, people expect there to be some rigmarole. And then the vampire hunter's like, no, 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 the way I make it is I just put it in this bottle and I just shake it as hard as I can. <laughs> People are like, what? It's like, yeah, yeah, like, as long as I shake it as hard as I can until, like, my arm gets tired, like, it works. Like, don't ask me why, but <laughs> that's all, always how I've made it, and it has the same efficacy. <laughs> what would be really funny is if they have some sort of scientist friend who's, like, in this and, like, understands, like, the fundamentals behind why the faith works, but, like, understanding the fundamentals behind why it works makes it not work for them. Yeah, like, the scientist friend just, as soon as they pick up the holy water, it becomes unholy again. <laughs> <laughs> They're just anti-faith. Yeah. You know, maybe the scientist friend is the friend that the vampire hunters saved when they were both kids. Sure. And <laughs> they've been working together to figure this out the whole time. And then the scientist friend has mostly figured it out, but is, like, literally, like, I guess I can't tell you, because... I literally can't tell you. I can, however, tell you that this would also work. Yeah. Uh, but if I told you how it worked, it would stop working, and then you would get eaten by vampires. So, don't ask. <laughs> <laughs> and then you would get eaten by vampires. I, I like the idea that you have of the scientist friend just being, like, so utterly dispassionate about that. Yeah. Just don't, you know, classic scientist. <laughs> Don't ask. If you knew how it worked, then you would get eaten by vampires. Yeah. I can go through the steps in the middle there, but frankly, it's not necessary. It's not People important. know that you would still try to fight them. Yeah. So just be happy in your ignorance and be happy that I know how it works. <laughs> yeah. And I can help you get other things that work even. Yeah. Uh, so, you know, the friend comes up with, like, ridiculous rituals as well. Uh, to... <laughs> Plus, uh, various They're spending items. half their time coming up with placebo rituals. And then, you know, like, each time, uh, like, for instance, like, they don't have the materials that they used for the last ritual that they came up with, and then the friend's like, no, no, just substitute these items, it'll be 100% fine. I'm sure of it. <laughs> <laughs> these are acceptable substitutions. <laughs> Like, wow, that's an interesting set of substitutions. Why does it work? 
You don't need to know. Because <laughs> the similar... They, they go into an explanation, right? But an actual explanation, except that it's, like, total bullshit and, like, completely unfollowable. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Well, you know, it's just like where you're you're just randomly finding connections between two things. So it's not like bullshit, but it's just like, okay. It's not actually relevant, yeah. but, you know, having the explanation there makes them believe that it works even more. Yeah, yeah. And it's like, is, is it just me or is this even more effective than the previous uh, ceremony? <laughs> it was like, yeah, it yeah, it be. was. I think this one went better. Um, I've been, I've been, you know, tweaking the formula to improve the ceremony. (laughs) (laughs) They're not just substitutions. Let's call them upgrades. (laughs) Oh, man. Okay. So this is actually a comedy based on the placebo effect. (laughs) I mean, you can do both things at once and it's great. It's great. I love it. I love it a lot. (laughs) You use the placebo effect for the comedy and the institutional commentary for the drama, and you just do both. Yeah. And then, you know, the the friend comes up with, if you do these things to demoralize the vampires, it'll make them have a nocebo effect, and then uh, it'll weaken their powers. <laughs> but, like, it, they don't explain it that way. They just go, like, just just do these things. And then... The friend's like, this sounds weird. The scientist friend starts planting a bunch of information around that, like, fundamentally discredits the existence of vampires and weakens them in an entire area. I don't believe in- I don't believe in your existence, that's right. You're not real. <laughs> <laughs> and then they, you know, pull a full, uh, like, Wicked Witch of the West thing and just start disintegrating. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah. So it's like, I've discovered- that vampires are actually just apparitions that have been made solid with the power of fear. So if you really disbelieve them, they'll just disintegrate back, like, out of solidity and back into their actual plane of existence. And then, Giving this as a speech to a bunch of believers and then just, like, somebody in the middle of the crowd just disintegrates. And then, and then the vampire's like, oh my god, this new vampire hunter can just disintegrate us. <laughs> it's not even the vampire hunter who did that It's the scientist Yeah, but it's the vampire hunter who believes <laughs> Exactly Oh man uh, Oh my, can you imagine Just being like thought out of existence With a conspiracy theory <laughs> <laughs> My conspiracy theory is that Vampires don't actually exist They're not real and then they're just like, they're not real because you believe they're not real. That's creepy for the vampire. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Okay. Uh, so, okay, so we got our main character who's like, sounds a little naive. Let's be real here. <laughs> Maybe they're not even naive, just intentionally not thinking about it. Mm. They, they decided a long time ago that if they think too hard when scientist friends talks... It's not the best. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, fair enough. Um, and then, you know, there'll probably be, like, um, some kind of priest from the uh, established religious institution who, like, you know, 
believes that everything is a manifestation of the divine power of whatever. So doesn't, you know, doesn't want to get rid of this this uh, new vampire hunter and instead wants to learn the... Shelters them and, like, acts as the whole... Yeah. You need to run. Like, you need to run. You need to get out of this area. We've got some vampires in this area that the church is refusing to deal with. That kind of thing. Uh, yeah, and helps discover the corruption. They're the informant and the contact. Yeah. And uh, I mean, we could we could throw in a couple more characters, get our whole uh, five man band together, but <laughs> no, no, I don't want five. Five's too many. Well, okay, maybe I'd throw in an orphan to be the first student at the school. <laughs> uh, Eunice. Hey, it makes sense that the orphan would would enroll in the atheist school of. Of vampire hunters. Vampire hunting. Because <laughs> their parents got killed by vampires. It's within... It makes sense. <laughs> yeah. Because the church didn't help, but the vampire hunter got vengeance for the parents. Vengeance. You know, good enough, right? <laughs> it's not good enough. But, you know. We haven't had orphans in a few episodes. I literally... Like, one or two episodes ago... <laughs> Tried to end it because you went with orphans. Yeah, but but you all you put orphans in one the other day. Did I? <laughs> yeah, you did. Yeah, you did. We could check back oh. the tapes. So therefore, I'm allowed my orphan card. <laughs> yeah, but like, if I use them once, you get to use them ten times. Is that what we're doing here? Yes, that's our orphan ratio. One to ten, okay. Um, well, I'm never gonna use orphans again. I'll cut you off. It's fine, I got nine more orphans. Uh... No, you have like seven more at most. What? Seven? Wow, so stingy. Okay. <laughs> I'm giving you this one, okay? You have, you have an orphan going to the school of, of atheist vampire hunting. Either that or the main character is an orphan, you know? Or both, you know? Oh, it's, uh, I'm not it's using two writing. orphans on this story. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, it's only... It's it's not uh, one one use per orphan, it's one use per story. Oh, okay. So if you want to have them both... Okay, so I should put as many orphans as I can into this story to get the most out of my money. <laughs> my yeah, exactly. Money. Except try and keep it reasonable, because okay. like, if you're putting orphans where it doesn't make sense... Yeah, so the main character is an orphan... Scientist is an orphan. They were childhood friends from the orphanage. <laughs> it's fine. It's fine. I'm o- I'm okay with this. I- it's fine. We're just not gonna like, think about it. Well, how else do they know each other? <laughs> uh, childhood friends. Yeah, uh, but if one just was an orphan, who randomly met. No, uh... no, 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 no. One of them believed. In their friendship enough to stand up to a vampire. That's a lot. You gotta go through things together. You can't just like, oh, I, I met you at kindergarten and, you know, we're kinda, we kinda shared a snack once. You know, none of that. Is that what you consider a friend? Because that's not what I would consider a friend. No. I mean, although snack sharing is one of my primary ways of making friends. And no, I did not outgrow that after leaving elementary school. <laughs> I see, I see. Uh, yeah. I mean, it could it could just be that our main character, like, just believes in random people so much that they just stood up for somebody random. But it's, it's fine. I mean, you know, 
That seems like a lot for like a little 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 preteen. What are you talking about? Believing in the inherent goodness of humanity is like the thing that people think of when they think of children. Now, I don't agree with that necessarily. Yeah, no, um, no children, no. I, there's this weird idealized depiction of children in in stories that I find creepy and and unrealistic. I mean, it's not just in stories, but yeah. Yeah, no, children are gross. Well, it's not just gross. Like, just the uh, the idea of innocence is a false image presented by adults on childhood that doesn't and never has actually existed. Yeah, that. Children are gross and selfish and cruel and stuff. And frequently have to be taught not to be those things. Children are whatever adults are without... With less pretending, I guess. Children are adults with less experience, is really the way that I put it. Yeah. So, I'm no, there's no like, oh, I, I just love everybody, including strangers, and this bad vampire is not gonna hurt my... Well, I mean, there are some like that, but... Non-friends. <laughs> not common. I don't want that to be my main character, because, oof. Oof. <laughs> I mean, I would be okay with that, but, you know, I sort of have an easier time slipping into that mindset than you do to begin with. So. Blah. Blah. Gross. No. No. Okay, let's just, let's go with everyone. They're all orphans. They had some tough times. And then they had better times, and that's what this story is about. They had each other, and that's what was important. <laughs> yep. And, uh, you know, if you... If you've uh, watched or read, uh, you know, fairy tale, the manga slash anime, this is where they start yelling Nakama. <laughs> um, yeah, friendship. <laughs> uh, you don't enjoy that? They're always like, they always get really severely beaten up and then they start yelling about their friends and then power up. And it's like, why didn't you just do that at the beginning? Did you really have to get beaten up yeah. so severely? <laughs> but it's not like a specific anime thing. It's just a shonen anime thing in general. No, no, I mean, in general, that's like a theme. But, like, they literally yell. <laughs> like, yeah, I'm aware. I'm. Uh, it's just a shonen thing. <laughs> but, the, the, like, that one, they yell, they yell about it a, a lot. <laughs> Like, a lot, a lot. That may be the case. Like, excessive even for shonen. Like... <laughs> yeah. I mean... Like, friendship! Entirely wrong. Comrades! Comrades! Friends! <laughs> yeah. You're just gonna move on from there. Okay, okay. <laughs> it's fine! We're just... Uh, anything else? You know, what, maybe... I don't think there's anything else we need. I'd probably put a cat in there, you know? Just for to make things a bit mysterious, because nobody knows how cats work. <laughs> a cat who's a vampire? Oh, a vampire cat. Yeah. Okay. Maybe it accidentally went through the vampirism process, which granted it the intelligence. But being a cat, it didn't really give a shit to begin with. Yeah. But it doesn't like want to kill people either. It's just, it's just you know, it's about living and like sleeping, and that's. That's what it's here for. Yeah. And people are just like, yeah, no, that's okay. Okay, and it decides that it's the safest to just hang out with the vampire hunters, because... I mean, it's not wrong. Yeah. So it decides to be the pet of the vampire hunter. 
And it has mysterious vampire powers that aren't explained because, you know, <laughs> who knows what cats are thinking or what they believe. <laughs> exactly. I mean, it can't talk, but it is smart. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, I love it when cats do mysterious things. It's just, it's just a, so classic. <laughs> exactly. And you never explain what the cat's deal is. No, you don't explain the extent of its powers. Or what it does, or why it's doing... Why it occasionally just helps out, you know? You don't explain why it has the powers, how it could possibly get the powers, why, where are the other vampire cats? Yeah, why are there no other vampire cats? I don't know. Maybe there are, and we just don't know. You know? <laughs> Maybe your cat is a vampire, and you're just not aware. <laughs> yeah. You won't know, unless your cat just outlives you and your grandchildren. <laughs> exactly, exactly. Alright, uh, I think we have the, the basis for a story here. Uh, so do we want to wrap up? Sure. If you uh, liked this idea and want to write it, email us at listeners at unwrittenimaginings.com and we'll uh, promote it. Yeah. Exactly. Uh, hopefully you, you write some of it first so that we can read it first. You know, I don't want to be promoting uh, just, you know, without having read it first. That seems a little strange and not okay well i mean there'd be really nothing to promote if nothing was written ah yeah that's fair we uh, have a, attained a promissory note of a story that will be coming <laughs> <laughs> uh, i mean that would be funny but <laughs> but uh we highly recommend that you maybe check it out if it maybe comes into existence <laughs> Exactly. There we go. That's what we'll do. We have an expected name that it will be released <laughs> under. Uh, yeah. So maybe write it before you want us to promote something. Um, or at least part of it. It doesn't need to be all of it, given that you know we have a uh, little bit of a recording in advance thing going on here. Well, okay. I mean, if you if you think you're one month prior to finishing the story, let us know. Or, you know, you can always just start a never-ending web serial like, like, you know, like we do, and then promote that. But Excuse me, mine have endings. Well, they have planned endings, even. Mine have, pla- mine have theoretical endings. They're just, you know, who's, it, who's ever going to get there? Who knows? Actually, now that I think about it, um, Metagame has a planned ending. Rune does not. Good job. <laughs> and, you know, if you go on novel length, Side tangents. Uh, who knows what you're Well, that's... Through. Again, that's in Rune. So that's the one without a planned ending. Okay, well, there you go. So, and it's a novella-length side tangent, not a novel-length. Okay, okay. The point is... It's really close to a novel-length, but we don't worry about that. The point is, it doesn't have to be completely done, but give us something to promote. Um, if you want to be a guest on this show... Email us at guests at unwrittenimaginings.com. Yeah, or there are probably other ways to do it, but I can't think of them right now. Too tired. You know, you could find us and DM us through wherever we post our writing, but... That's true. I mean... That would also work. You could join my Discord server and message me on Discord. Technically, if they joined your Discord server, they could message the us. I guess, that's true. Maybe it was also on my Discord server. Uh, but the point is, what was the point? Contact us if you're interested in contacting us. But not in a creepy exactly. way, okay? No snail mail, because that's creepy. That's creepy. <laughs> Look, if you can find out where to snail mail me, um, 
I would be a little bit creeped out, but a little bit impressed. I mean, yeah. Email through our non-unwritten imaginings emails, moderately creepy. Uh, <laughs> I don't think it's... In my case, case, extremely creepy. In my case, you could probably figure it out, because I use the same username for all my accounts. Um, See, you're not supposed to say that. What? It's not like I use the same password for all my accounts, I use the same username. <laughs> Yeah, but you're not supposed to say that. Why? Does that open me to hacking? Sort of. Oh. It, it makes things easier, but okay. not like... Not like immensely easier, but easier. Okay. Well, I don't use the same username for accounts linked to money, because they don't usually have a username. They usually have account numbers. I use the same username when the username is visible to other people. Yeah. And. Yeah, that. No other times. That that's what I mean. I mean like you can hunt down my my Neopets account through my username. <laughs> Which Neopets account? The main one. <laughs> <laughs> anyway. Okay. Well, We're just gonna leave you well, on that note. This is <laughs> a really long exit, but um, you know, recommend us to a friend and do rating things if if the source of exactly. your podcast allows that and uh, follow us subscribe to whatever feed um you can subscribe to there are multiple places where you can do that do the things and we'll see you next week exactly see you next week thanks for listening